everyone, I'm Monica and welcome back to another MCAT Master interview. In the series, we basically just sit down with top scorers so that we can find out what strategies help them the most on the MCAT and hopefully inspire you as you're studying too. Just because you might be feeling discouraged now doesn't mean you can't succeed on this exam. Even top scorers have struggled with the MCAT, but they managed to increase their scores to competitive levels, so we're going to show you how they did it so that you can do it too. And with that, I'd like to introduce you all to Julia Dezeal. Julia, welcome to the series and thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Of course. We're so excited to hear about your story and everything, but before we launch in, I'm just going to give our listeners a little bit more information about your background. So when Julia first started prepping for the MCAT, she found herself scoring around a 496 on practice exams. When she ended up taking the MCAT officially, she scored a 508. Although that's still a fairly good score, it was still below her score goal, so she knew that if she had the potential to do better, she should definitely go for it. For this reason, she set out to take the MCAT again, only to score a 499 on a practice exam right away. She had less than seven weeks to her second test date, so feeling discouraged, understandably so, um, she decided to enlist the help of one of our MCAT mentors. And by working on her mindset and learning the best ways to improve on her weaker sections, Julia was eventually able to increase her score to a 515 by her second test date. This is a 16-point increase in less than 50 days. But although improving by this much is a difficult feat, Julia is proof that this is absolutely possible with the right work ethic. So that's exactly what we're going to dive into in this interview. What Julia did to increase her score, how she studied and scheduled her prep, what strategies she used for each section, and so much more. With that, let's go ahead and get started. Julia, why don't you just start by telling our listeners a little bit about you and yourself? Sure. So I just graduated this May in 2020 from the University of Vermont, and I was a neuroscience major, and I now live in Denver, Colorado, and work for AmeriCorps, actually. Very cool. So you just graduated. Are you taking uh-huh. a gap year before med school? Or? Yep. I'm going to apply to med school this coming June. So I have basically this year to do like the committee letter process through my school, but kind of having the year off. Yeah. Yeah. But still doing AmeriCorps, like you're, you're working obviously, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, So initially, what inspired you to want to become a doctor in the first place? That is a good question. I mean, (laughs) a lot of different things. I think primarily my mom is a really amazing nurse. And so she's always been really inspirational and brought cool stories home. So it was kind of always on my radar. And then I was considering actually going to music school when I was in high school because I play violin. And I read this book by a neuroscientist called Oliver Sacks. It was called Musicophilia. It was all about like the brain and music related disorders. And I thought that was super cool and better than practicing my violence for eight hours a day. So I decided to look into neuroscience because I thought it could be applied to so many cool different things. And yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So you're kind of really focused on the brain and interested in in that area. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah, that's awesome. That's the inspiration. So moving on to the journey, getting there with the MCAT. So I guess since you took the MCAT two separate times, I'll make sure to specify like what I'm talking about in the questions. So the first time around, where were you in your life when you started prepping for it? The first time around was between my junior and senior year of college. And it was that summer. I think I had an end of August test date. Okay. And how are you feeling about it? just from the get-go? 
Um, definitely a bit uncertain. I also lived in a house with six other people that summer and I tried to carve out as much study time as possible, but it was definitely a very busy environment, which I think was probably one of my downfalls. It was pretty hard to concentrate that summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. And with the MCAT, it's hard to concentrate in general. So <laughs> that added on top of it. So I guess for your second time around, did you feel differently? And where were you the second time when you started everything? So, yeah, good question. Second time was kind of a quick decision. COVID kind of put a wrench in everything, as most people can probably relate to. (laughs) So I lost a job that I had lined up for summer after graduating. And I knew I wanted to move to Denver, but my timeline was a little like hazier. So I thought that I would just like, pick a time to really devote myself to retaking the MCAT and then relocate so I didn't have to think about doing it once I moved, which was the original plan. So although COVID has definitely a lot of cons, at least one (laughs) pro was that I had the opportunity to really like take time to study and I had a lot of like quiet space and time. So that was essential. Definitely. Yeah. In quarantine, I'm sure it was a little bit easier to focus, hopefully. I guess when you started, and if this differs between the two times, like definitely let us know, but did you have a score goal in mind that you were trying to reach the whole time or? Yeah, through talking to like the University of Vermont pre-med advisor and one of my friends who was applying, I decided I just wanted a 510 or above. So that was kind of my goal both times. Although the second time I really just needed to improve from a 508, especially. Mm -hmm. Since your goal was like 510 area, when you got your 508, how was it going on from there and knowing that you needed to increase? Um, It was okay. I was disappointed, but I wasn't like destroyed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Senior year, it definitely like retaking the MCAT was always on the back of my mind, but I didn't really think about it until like this May when I decided that I would sign up again so soon, but I'm super happy that I did that. So definitely. And you improved like by a lot, which is awesome. We're always telling students like if they're questioning whether they should retake or not, like if you think that you have the potential to do better, like you probably can. And uh, I think that you're a great example of that. Moving back to the first time around, what was your study schedule like for MCAT prep that time? Let me think. My study schedule (laughs) was a bit sporadic. I was still working, I think like three or four times a week during my study. And I don't know. I probably put in like a couple hours a day, but like I said, a lot of them were kind of distracted or like running practice problems. I wouldn't really take the time to like look through them and see exactly what I'd done wrong. And there were still some concepts at the very end that I was still a bit shaky on, which was not, not very good. So honestly, like I did, I did not have the best schedule. (laughs) Yeah. And that's fair. It's hard to like make a good schedule and getting experience with the exam for the first time, maybe that kind of helped you for the second time. So was your study schedule different the second time and how did it improve if it improved? Yeah, it was almost totally different. So (laughs) I think for about six weeks, I pretty much studied like five to seven hours a day. And that was like really focused, (laughs) not distracted time. 
and I kind of spaced it out a bit better. I did a lot of content review at the beginning and kind of nailed down all the concepts that I was weak on. And then I did a practice exam every week, which also was some nice structure and I could really track my progress that way. And the last like week and a half, I just did so many practice problems or actually maybe the last like two and a half weeks. So I definitely structured it a lot better and like completely differently. So. Yeah. 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 And I like that movement from content to practice seems like it makes a lot of sense yeah. for like studying. So in regard to like the resources and materials that you use, because students are always asking about this, like mm-hmm. what prep resources are the best? What resources did you use each time? And, and what did you find to be the most helpful? Let's see. The first time I got AAMC, like the practice exams and questions. And the first time I also got Kaplan books, I think that I didn't totally read through, like I should have probably delved into it more. And this time around, I relied really heavily on Anki, the flashcard app, both on my laptop and on my phone. It's just super amazing. (laughs) So I did flashcards every day. I also had a bunch of Quizlet sets. What else? Oh, I used the Kaplan Quick Sheets, I think it's called, to create an Anki set. And that was pretty comprehensive. So that was really helpful and had a lot of shortcuts for me to remember things. Of course, AAMC, again, that's kind of essential for my practice exams and practice problems. And I also used Khan Academy, just like free videos for the concepts that I had the most trouble with that I couldn't really just learn without extra help. So Khan Academy was really awesome too. Yeah, yeah. We hear a lot about like all of those resources. Thanks for those suggestions. That makes a lot of sense. In regard to like the practice that you did, because you mentioned some practice resources that you had, was there a certain way that you staggered them? Because I've heard some people talk about strategies for when you should take the AMC stuff and all of that. Do you have any, like, I guess? Yeah. 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 I kind of took the first AAMC practice exam as a benchmark. So that was before I started content review. I took the first one, but then I took, I think two or three weeks of just straight content review for a while before I took another practice exam. And then I just started doing them every week every Monday to simulate testing conditions because my test was on a Monday. And I started working in those practice problems about midway through. And I tried not to do too many in one subject at a time. I kind of tried to spread out the practice questions. Although I definitely focused a lot on doing chem physics ones because that's the section that I really wanted to see improve. But yeah, I ended up using all of the questions that AAMC had. So that was super helpful. Right, right. And that makes sense, like, because they're the most similar to what you're going to see on the exam itself. So yeah, that totally makes sense. So you you mentioned chem and phys just now, which is a great segue into my next question. So what do you think were your biggest challenges and roadblocks and struggles on the exam? And how did you overcome them? So you kind of mentioned chem and phys, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, Chem Fizz on the first MCAT, I ran out of time. So that was really not good from that section score. So this time around, I came into it kind of knowing that that was a big weakness and I needed to 
speed up that section and also make it more accurate. So that was my biggest weakness, I would say. I think another one was just like lacking confidence. I was really worried that I wouldn't be able to improve much from a 508. I was thinking in my head, like, oh my God, if I get a 509, like this is not going to be worth it. Or like a 510, like, is it really worth it? So I think just a lot of like morale issues at first. Oh, that kind of also reminds me, I started out doing some of the Kaplan practice problems and I wasn't doing very well. So that was also some self-confidence issues. I think I ended up just learning the content better. And I do think that AAMC is a lot more accurate to how the test actually goes. So yeah. Right. You don't want to like discourage yourself with these questions that aren't super representative. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And mindset is a huge piece of it. So I'm glad that you mentioned that because yeah, that's a huge challenge. It makes a lot of sense that it was. So how did you keep yourself motivated and kind of overcome that? That is a good question. I think just like my drive to go to med school is so strong that I would just have to sit back and kind of remind myself of the bigger picture a lot of the time, like what I was doing everything for, like not get caught up in small details. And I actually just made sure to do a lot, like balance my time. I still worked about like once a week just so I could like get out of the house. I also trained for a half marathon just as like a separate goal from this. Honestly, like exercising, I would sometimes listen to podcasts about the MCAT, but also it was a good way to like clear my head and remind myself like what I was doing everything for. Yeah. Perspective. Yeah. That's so important. And balance too. Like, like Mm -hmm. you said, your health, like making sure that you're taking all of that into account too. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So I guess moving on from the challenges a little bit, So eventually you did reach out to us for help and you were assigned to tutor with Emily, right? Mm -hmm. So why don't you tell us just a little bit about your tutoring experience with her and what she helped you with? Yeah, Emily was so awesome. We were both neuro majors. So I think we were able to connect on a personal level, Mm -hmm. which was cool. So she helped me a lot with structuring my study time because I definitely, the first time had basically no structure. So that was good. I think a lot of it was kind of like confidence boosting. And we talked a lot of strategy, which was essential. I think one of my biggest takeaways was like figuring out what was useful for me to highlight and what wasn't. I like used the highlighting tool a ton on the MCAT and she was super helpful in helping me figure out like what parts of the chem physics passages were important to highlight and what wasn't. So yeah, kind of across the board, she helped me out in a bunch of ways. And it was also just nice to be able to talk to someone who had gone through. I actually like don't know that many people applying. So I think she was just great for general advice too. Definitely. And just somebody to like even complain with or even just talk about the exam with. Who knows? Yeah, even that can just be a morale boost a little bit. And the strategy thing as well too, like the test taking strategies, like even the smallest things like highlighting can actually go a long way. So yeah, Yeah. for sure. So I guess this is kind of a more general question as well too. If there was a student that's in a place that you used to be below where they want to be scoring and they need to increase fast. So what advice would you have for them to increase? Like what strategies and methods do you think helped you the most? Helped me the most? Um, I guess first was 
actually finding a balance. And even if you're in crunch time, not burning yourself out completely is super helpful and important. Mm -hmm. I would say Anki flashcards saved my life. The way they're structured is super comprehensive and helpful because they circulate the ones that you know less more frequently which is a really smart way of doing flashcards. So those really helped me nail down just concepts that I had to memorize. Like there was no wiggle room. Like you just kind of have to know some of this stuff. And then also thinking about the exam more strategically. I think the first time I studied, I was thinking more about concepts and I got all caught up in some small details sometimes, but actually big picture strategy helped me a lot more this time around. So knowing like how to read the passages, how to pick out what is important and what isn't, because they're pretty tricky sometimes. So yeah, doing more practice problems ended up helping me a lot too. Yeah. 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 Figuring out how to approach the questions just better in a better way. And that makes a lot of sense. Moving on to more specific questions for the specific sections. So your high score was in cars, which is awesome. So you got a 131 there, which is so awesome. And a lot of students struggle with this section because it doesn't require, you know, as much content as it does the strategies that are like required for success on this exam. So how did you study for that section specifically? And what advice would you have for students that might be struggling? Yeah, so this section is definitely... I think the most unique, it is really hard to like study content because there is none. So (laughs) what I did was that I made sure to do a cars passage pretty much every day. I think from the beginning. So I should have mentioned that I did like an AAMC cars passage pretty much every day. And I sometimes timed myself. I was making sure that I was doing them quickly enough But really, that section is about practice, I think, the most. So I also figured out exactly what to highlight. Emily helped me figure out kind of their common trick questions. I actually highlighted some parts of the questions, too, sometimes to remind myself that they're asking for, like, the opposite of what it might have seemed or, like... (laughs) Yeah. So just learning how to highlight and doing practice problems pretty much every day. I am definitely lucky in that I'm a really fast reader. So I think a lot of times it can be hard to get kind of caught up in that section, like rereading passages, doubting yourself, but definitely try to move through it with confidence and knowing what to highlight. And I think that helped me a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like the highlighting too, like kind of keeps you focused. If you're like looking for Mm -hmm. things to highlight, maybe you won't have to go back several times and be like, what did I just read? Yeah. So, right. 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 Totally. So moving on to psych, so where you got a one thirty, which is awesome. So how did you study for that section? That one was very Quizlet and Anki heavy, I would say, because a lot of it is just concepts for that one too. Mm -hmm. And like knowing how to read more basic graphs, I would say. So I really just did a lot of flashcards for that section. There are a lot of comprehensive sets out there. So I didn't actually really have to make my own, I don't think. I just made sure to run through them pretty much every day until they became like second nature. Like I think for Psych Soch, you basically just have to know 
the concepts. And it was also helpful that I was a neuroscience major, I feel like, because I did have a lot of like the psych part in my undergraduate studies. So I was lucky in that way. But yeah, I think flashcards were the biggest thing for me in that section. Yeah, getting to know all those terms and like knowing them forwards and backwards um, so that you can get them on that section. Because if they're going to make it about the terms, like if you can nail those down, then you're good to go. So I feel like that's, yeah. Yeah, and also one thing I just remembered that if I was doing a practice passage and there was a term I didn't know, even if it wasn't the right answer, I would just like add that to a flashcard set because I figured it would show up again, so... Yeah, right. That's smart. And you don't want to like be mad when you see it on the actual exam when you knew you saw it that one time and never looked it up. So yeah. Yeah. So moving on to biobiochem now where you got a 128. How did you study for that section? That's also an awesome score. Thanks. That one, um, I also wanted to improve my biobiochem. A lot of it was conceptually, I just needed to nail down some things more. So I think that was the section I ended up using Khan Academy the most for just specific things. Like, for example, you really have to know the kidneys, like inside and out. So I did a lot more like video watching for that and kind of took some notes at the beginning. And then there was also a lot of kind of graph interpretation. And Emily, the MCAT tutor kind of helped me figure out how to make my graph analysis faster and more accurate. So we focused on like looking for like what the X and Y axes mean or just like kind of skimming the graphs at first to get a basic understanding and then going back if I needed to. So I wasn't wasting time. So I think the first time I took the MCAT, I was pretty much down to the wire on timing. And this time I had a lot more wiggle room to go back and check my answers, which was really nice. So I think I kind of streamlined that, which was really helpful. But yeah, so Khan Academy and I also used flashcards for bio biochem just for like kind of more basic knowledge, but then learned how to analyze the passages better through Emily. Right, right. And It kind of sounds like, based on what we've been talking about so far, you had a lot of the tools and skills already, but just needed to like make them more efficient or like more time effective and stuff like that. And I feel like a lot of students who aren't getting the scores that they want are in the same boat too. Like they have the content in a lot of cases and they have the skills as well. They just need to like get past this like point that they're at this plateau. So yeah, I, I really think that if you think you can do better, you should definitely go for it because you did. You had the potential to do better and you did. So anyway, <laughs> moving on to the final section, chem and phys. So we already kind of talked about this was a section that you were kind of iffy on in the beginning. So do you have any advice for students who might be feeling the same about it? Yeah. I mean, I was happy that I improved my score. It was still my weakest section by far, I would say. I think physics is probably my weakest subject in general. But this time around, I made sure to just know a bunch of the general physics equations, but not actually get too caught up in like memorizing a huge list. There's actually some strategic ways to memorize equations that you can just use different like versions of them. Or another big strategy for me was like 
figuring out what units I needed to be looking for and then kind of figuring out the equations that way, which is super helpful, like picking out units and the passages and highlighting the right things. Also, my problem was really with timing with that section because I tend to get too sucked into like the details of the passage. And like I said, the first time I completely ran out of time and that freaked me out a lot because it was the first section. So then I felt really scatterbrained for the rest of the (laughs) MCAT. So this time I made sure to just like take deep breaths. I was pretty down to the wire with timing, but I was able to answer all the questions. I like went for a walk down the hallway just between sections and like really decompressed. So I think a lot of my chem physics was just strategy in taking the exam and not being too hard on myself. So that was really helpful. And Like for content review, I did use a lot of Khan Academy for that too. So yeah. 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 Even just like general getting better with the exam improved your score there, which yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I'm glad that you bring up the order too of the sections because that's the thing that's intimidating about chem and phys in a lot of Mm -hmm. cases is that it's just right away you're like starting off with it. So you just got to like compartmentalize and move on. So yeah, that's another perfect transition. So walk us through your actual MCAT day. We can just talk about the second one. (laughs) How did you feel and just how did it go in general? I was pretty nervous. I had to drive two and a half hours to get to my testing site. (laughs) I booked it pretty late and with COVID, there were restrictions. So I actually had my dad drive me, which was nice because I ran through a couple flashcard sets that morning and I kind of actually tried to not think about it, not get too nervous. <laughs> um, and some people say dress well, test well, but I personally do not say that. I wore like the comfiest <laughs> sweatpants possible, brought a huge cup of coffee that I, I drank a third of in between each section so that I had equal levels of caffeine going. <laughs> That's strategy right there. <laughs> exactly. That was, that was math. So yeah. And also a great thing for me was that this MCAT was at noon and I am definitely not a morning person, I would say. So the noon time was perfect for me because I got up. Oh, I also had time to go for a run. Like drove to the testing center and I felt like I was awake and like ready to do it. Whereas the first one was at like 6.15 in the morning or something and I drove myself and I was like, (laughs) yeah, it was really nice Mm -hmm. to have the exam at noon. But so I was super, super nervous going into it, but I kind of just had to compartmentalize and like knowing that chem phys was first and knowing it was going to be my hardest section was anxiety provoking to say the least. But Yeah, I just think I compartmentalized better and just knew that I had to focus the rest of the time too. So, yeah. Yeah, and you made it through. So how did it feel being done and and walking out? Oh, goodness. I like did not know what just happened. It was all it was all a blur. You know, I, uh, I felt pretty good, but there I was thinking about like questions, a few questions that I'd been unsure of, you know, when you get out of an exam and you're like, oh man, I hope I like did the right thing. I was definitely really stressed out the rest of that day just because I really needed to do better, of course. But it is in a way getting scores back a couple weeks later is kind of nice. I feel like I had to 
time to like decompress and I had a little bit of time to kind of like come to terms with whatever was going to happen. But yeah, super nervous, but I was super hopeful too. Right. That's a good mixture, I guess. (laughs) Um, So how was it to get your score back? Like tell us about the reaction. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was amazing. I was so nervous all day. I just avoided looking and... (laughs) And then I finally checked. My roommates made me. <laughs> and I started crying a bunch. And I was shaking like a leaf, actually, which was very off-brand for me. It was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, it was just so amazing and pretty surreal because it was better than I was really hoping for. My best practice exam had been a 513. So it was just amazing getting that news back and feeling like I would be a competitive applicant. It's pretty unreal still. So <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely something to be proud of. Like that's that's awesome and, and it had to feel good to know that you did improve. And oh, yeah. yeah, you're competitive. You're going now. So I guess going from here, we kind of already talked about how you're taking a gap year and everything, but what are your plans going forward? Do you know like what kind of medicine you want to go into and blah blah blah? anything about that? (laughs) Yeah, I have some ideas. So with AmeriCorps currently in Colorado, I'm working with the Colorado Opioid Response Program. So I'm super interested in addiction medicine and improving access to behavioral health care more broadly. So I'm thinking, I mean, this could change, but I'm thinking of maybe like psychiatry within a fellowship in addiction medicine or Kind of the other option is family medicine or internal medicine with a fellowship in addiction medicine. So as of now, I'm pretty interested in substance use disorders, but I'm also interested in mental health and kind of public health more broadly. So that is kind of the plan. But I know that, you know, four years later after doing rotations and such, who knows if I'll stumble upon (laughs) something else. But yeah, right, right. You never know. But it's good to have like, you have a bunch of different interests. And it sounds like you know what you like so far, which is good. And addiction medicine, that's so important and awesome. So it's really cool that you want to go into that. And it kind of like matches up with your background, the neuroscience, everything behind that as well. So yeah, Yeah. that makes sense. Okay, well, I think that's about all the questions I have for you, do you have any final thoughts for students who might be listening to this and are just feeling like discouraged by the MCAT? Yeah. Um, really just believe in yourself. Take time for yourself. That's not studying, you know, but make sure to have some sort of structure. And yeah, I think it's all about strategy, not just content. So really knowing how to take the exam is often a lot better than knowing everything and every piece of content that's going to be on the exam. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's what we're always, like, trying to promote, too. So that's great advice. Well, thanks so much, Julia, for, like, sitting down with me and walking me through, like, your MCAT journey. Congratulations again on your score. It's awesome. And it's been really fun talking to you. Yeah, you too. Thank you so much. Of course. And good luck with everything like going forward with medical school and AmeriCorps, everything going on. And finally, thanks to all of our listeners for listening to this. Like Julia said, you guys can do this and good luck with the rest of your studying. 
everyone, this is Monica again. And before you go, I just want to remind you that if you're not receiving our daily free MCAT strategy and success story emails yet, definitely be sure to sign up for those at mcatmastery.net slash free course. In addition to that, if you feel like you might need personalized help with the exam and would like to have an MCAT mentor kind of look at your situation and help you identify exactly what's holding your score back, you can look into that too at mcatmastery.net slash mentors. And lastly, and most importantly, we just want you guys to know that you have what it takes to succeed on this exam. We know the MCAT is intimidating, and when you get a score that's lower than you expected on a practice or on the real thing, it's so easy to feel discouraged or frustrated or even hopeless about the exam. We get it. A lot of us have been there. So we want to give you the guidance that we wish we'd had when we were in your shoes. And that's what these interviews are for. That's what our emails are for. We want you guys to be able to feel confident again. And most importantly, be able to see that med school mission is possible. And it's not out of your reach at all. So thanks again for listening. And remember that every top scorer, every med student, and every doctor made it through this journey. So you can do it too. You guys got this.